On to the next one. After a tough series versus the Celtics, the Heat are moving on, and so are we, as Miami prepares for what might be their toughest challenge yet in the NBA Finals. Can the Heat beat Denver and two-time MVP Nikola Jokic? What are the keys to the series, and who has a chance to step up for Miami? We preview the matchup versus the Nuggets on today's NBA Finals edition of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg here with Dave Vermill. However, you might be tuning in on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Well, in case you missed it. The Miami Heat are in the NBA Finals, still sort of coming down from the surprise, shock, just the adrenaline of that Eastern Conference Finals series. But just like the Heat, don't have much time, don't don't have much of a break. We have to turn around quickly, start thinking about Denver, who have been off since last Monday. They finally learned their finals opponent uh, this past Monday night. So this is our big Heat Nuggets NBA Finals preview, just to set the stage really quick. The Nuggets have home court advantage. They haven't lost once at home all playoffs. The Heat haven't won in Denver since 2016. They've lost their last six games to the Nuggets. They, the Nuggets, have the two-time MVP in Nikola Jokic, who, along with Jimmy Butler, has been the best player in these playoffs. They are rested. They are ready. They are a deserving finals participant. And as we know, the Heat just beat the Celtics in seven games. They're dealing with a plenty of injuries, turned ankles, all sorts of things. Uh, and they have been given an 11% chance by ESPN's analytics to win these finals. Major underdogs yet again, and we know, David, that they don't care. So with the stage set, David, let's look at our first big question, and that's what happens when the Nuggets are on offense, and specifically how the Heat can go about slowing down Nikola Jokic uh, and the best offense by offensive rating in these playoffs. Where do you want to begin? Uh, I think for me, you know, we talked about this in our sort of preview after the game seven win, and we hinted at the return of Kevin Love to the starting lineup. But the more I think about it, I don't think he can be out there despite the size disadvantage that it creates for Miami. I, I think you you try your best with Bam Adebayo covering Nikola Jokic for as much as you can, but I still think you put your five best players out there and, and an infinitely better defender in Caleb Martin. So I would be surprised if love does return to the starting lineup and i think caleb martin has a better chance of staying in there and making more of an impact i know it's somewhat smallish in comparison to the Jokic led front line there but i i still think miami's best five should be out there on the floor to start the game and given what we've just seen from caleb martin he's deserving of the opportunity you know what the more i thought about it too the more i agreed with you you know i was thinking about it a lot this morning and i'm just like yeah you know what i i is Caleb Martin just too good to bring off the bench at this point? You just just start there, regardless of matchups or whatever. Like, is it we, the one thing that we kept talking about? Spo, maybe don't, just don't get too cute. You know, just start Caleb Martin, and there might be uh, an element of that in this one. Don't get too cute. Just start your best five. Caleb Martin is on a tear, as good as he was coming off the bench, even better as a part of the starting lineup. And against Denver, you're going to play Nikola Jokic one on one. That's what the Miami Heat have always done with Bam Adebayo. They kind of ditch that switch everything scheme. When it comes to the Denver Nuggets, they have Bam guard Jokic one on one, and they kind of stick man to man everywhere else. They're gonna sprinkle in a little bit of zone, and I want to touch on that here in a second. But on in man to man, there's places to put Caleb Martin. It's not like this. Yeah. Like I, I would like Denver's long, they're big, 
But you could put Caleb Martin on Michael Porter Jr. You could put Caleb Martin on Aaron Gordon and not For sure. And you're like Aaron Gordon's not like a post. He's big. He's huge. He's a, he's an absolute brute of a player. But he's not a post up threat by any stretch, right? So I'd say I'd say he's all, even. And I know this is going to come across as somewhat negative, but I think Nuggets fans would probably agree. Having seen him a lot of his in his career in Orlando. He doesn't always utilize his physical tools to his advantage. So he's not necessarily soft, but he doesn't tie it all together as efficiently, as effectively. Kind of like the same way Heat fans view Bam and why he can't take a smaller player into the low post. While Gordon is probably more athletic and comparable in size, he just doesn't tie it all together still effectively. Like the biggest threat that he provides on offense is probably as a corner three-point shooter. I think that's that's the biggest. And the off-ball cutting, he's a great. He's yeah. he's become a great yeah. cutter. In Lobs Denver. from yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but you know, if he does post up Caleb Martin, that's kind of a win if you're Miami, right? Like if you're like, hey, on this possession, you want to get Aaron Gordon posting up Caleb Martin instead of Nikola Jokic or Jamal Murray shooting, and I think Spolster would be like, yeah, let's take that ten times out of ten. He might even draw a charge in those kinds of situations. I think the game's yeah. smart enough to know and, and, and strong enough to absorb the contact. Caleb. And yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. And another reason to start Caleb too, um, you know, they run a lot of screens for Nikola Jokic, which is not something you see very often. So you're, you'll see Gordon, KCP, Jamal Murray sometimes set uh, screens down along the baseline, have Jokic curl around there so he can create space because he's just he's slow, but he moves with such purpose and he takes up so much space there and he is so skilled with the ball. So you always have to be mindful. Kevin Love's going to get toasted on those. You can't have him out there in any situation. They're going to just pick and roll him to death. I think Caleb gives him a much better chance of being able to defend those kind of strange pick and rolls um, because, well, Denver runs them to perfection. Um, they, they execute those extremely well. Yeah, and and he, like you said, you could fight around those screens and do all those things. And Kevin Love really, you just you can make him touch at the level of the screen a little bit. You yeah. can have him drop, but like you said, they'll, the, the the Nuggets are so smart, so skilled. Uh, so good at playing off ball that they'll toast him on those. Um, so I like that. I'm with you. That's probably where I'll lean. I'll be interested to see where Spolster does ultimately end up going because he really does like bringing Caleb Martin off the bench or has for yeah. most of this season. So we'll see if he tries to retreat back to that. Um, yeah. I also think like uh, just as a rover, you know, Kevin Love, you could put him. You, you've seen the Lakers do this. You saw other teams do this. Put a guy, Anthony Davis, for instance, in the Lakers case, put Anthony Davis, take him off of. Jokic and have him kind of be a rover off of Aaron Gordon because you're not really you, you treat Aaron Gordon like you treat PJ Tucker kind of um right. and, and and like I think that works for Anthony Davis because he's such a rim deterrent he's such a shot blocking threat I don't know that you could do that with Bam Adebayo because he's not really a shot blocking threat and I think you want Bam obviously on Jokic um and then with Kevin Love that doesn't really work either like Kevin Love you're not really worried as a rover like that's not something that's going to disrupt opposing offenses but and I I don't know that I would put Caleb Martin in that position either. But could you put Caleb Martin on Michael Porter Jr. and then have mm -hmm. Jimmy Butler play off of Aaron Gordon and have Jimmy Butler maybe as a weak side threat the way that we saw him used against R.J. Barrett in that Knicks series? I think that could be something interesting just to muck things up offensively for Denver, just a, a wild card. Let Jimmy Butler play free safety and just go full Ed Reed back there. Yeah, I could see that. Um... I was just wondering, even as we're talking about this, you don't think there's an opportunity then to have like Bam in that roving spot? I know you're giving up a lot of size, whatever. And I know you don't necessarily want to put Caleb in those situations, but I, the more I keep thinking about it, and I know I've and been... And put who on Jokic? I think there's lineups to be had there where you could have Caleb out there on the floor and Haywood Highsmith. Together? I, I know I keep saying, yeah, I think both of them together. I, so I, what would Gabe it be, Bam, the point, Caleb, Highsmith? Yeah, yeah, Jimmy and Gabe or Lowry. You know, one of the two shooter, running the point, basically. Truce, yeah. Somebody else. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, not necessarily, not even Struis. It's, it's Gabe, Lowry, 
you got Caleb. He's your shooter now. I mean, I don't know how consistent it'll be, sure. but you, you, that's a threat. You just want to be able to master size and throw different looks. Mm. The, the threat is always having to do something different to confuse to the best of your ability what Nikola Jokic does. And he's so good, and he's so good at reading the floor. And he's so big that he can just make these incredible expert pinpoint passes over everybody. So if you're going to see that anyway, because Bam at 6'9", isn't really big enough yeah, to give up size. him. Yeah, you're giving it up anyway. I don't see why you can't have him be the quote-unquote rover with Caleb Highsmith, etc. Somebody picking up Jokic at top of the key there, uh, just try to get I, into I, the a only reason physical. I would hesitate to do that. And look, I won't. I won't take anything away from Spo. Like he could do anything yeah. in this series, and it will not. And he will do everything in this series. Yes, imagine he has it. to. Uh, absolutely. My one. My one hesitation of taking Bam off of Jokic and having him be a rover is again. Usually your rovers are like a Robert Williams rim deterrent shot blocker. Sure. Bam's not a shot blocker. So I'm not sure how effective he would be in that position in the first place. Although I'm not going to say like he had the big weak side help block against Jason Tatum in the bubble playoffs. And then so just that as a flashbulb moment, you'd be like, well, he could do that. Um, and I'm not saying he can't. But it's the specific Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray pick and roll that I'm worried about. Not when you get past that first layer of just Nikola Jokic picking apart Miami's defense or whatever defense. It's if you're going to switch that, I, that's when I get a little bit worried because Bam on Jamal Murray, I'm not, I'm not worried about Bam in that matchup. But if it's Haywood Highsmith or even Caleb yeah. Martin or anybody else, now I'm a little bit worried about one of those guys getting switched. But to your point, also, I think we'll see a, a few of these looks regardless. Like they're gonna, they're gonna stagger Murray and Jokic anyway. So when Jokic is on the floor without Jamal Murray, could we see them? Do, we saw the Lakers do this with LeBron James in the fourth quarter of of, of that elimination game, Game Four uh, in LA. And LeBron arguably did the best job in the playoffs guarding Nikola Jokic, I would say. And they we, we saw them toss Rui Hachimura at Jokic and all these things. Hachimura didn't really bother him, even the Lakers fans said that he did. Uh, but could we see Jimmy Butler, Caleb Martin, Haywood Highsmith, one of those guys, draw that assignment? Because to your point, if Bam's going to give up size anyway, maybe there's other effective places to put him. When I would say, I would think when Murray is not on the court with Jokic, because then it gets a little it gets a little tenuous in that in that Jamal Murray Jokic pick and roll if Bam's not yeah. involved in it. Um, Here's where Miami's front court depth, just as it has all season long, been a problem. Like, you just don't have a lot of options. Kevin Love, a little too slow. Cody Zeller, a great effort, too slow. Well, maybe that's got the right side. Could you put Kevin Love on Jokic and just have him stand in front of him? Possible. I mean, I think he can move his feet well enough, but you know, if he gets him down on a low block, it's it's over because it's just a series of uh, We've seen uh, Jokic. faints. We've seen, yeah. I've been looking up the clips. Jokic, it, Bam doesn't bother him either. No, no, you're right. I, that's the whole thing. It's like he plows right. You want to put, yeah, exactly. Bam, no one's going to stop him on Miami's roster. I, no one stops him in the league, basically. I mean, I don't. I, Giannis maybe has the best chance. I, I, you know, aside from that, Anthony Davis couldn't really do it. Right, right. Um, so, given that your 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 job is not basically stopping Jokic, it's it's minimizing and mitigating his overall impact with his passing and playmaking. Seeding that size anyway, because that's this is reality of this yeah, yeah. currently constructed roster, and putting your best defenders, Bam in particular, in ways where he can make a positive impact and and help limit those off ball cuts that you referred to from Aaron Gordon. You know, if yeah. Michael Porter Jr. steps out to behind the perimeter, etc. One word answer because we have to ask it. Omer Yurtsevin. One word answer. Is that an option? No. Okay. No. All right. So the zone. I want to talk about Miami's zone also because we know that they're going to throw quite a bit of zone. At the Denver Nuggets, Should might they? not be the exactly. Should they? We'll do that next. But first, David, tell the listeners about our sponsor. 
Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs and especially the NBA finals. Right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet of up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, great promotions every day. It's a safe and secure app, and you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet of up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Every day is going to be back tomorrow with another layer of this preview heat nuggets we're talking finals all week until of course thursday night we'll be here uh with a post game show uh following game one of the finals i'll be in denver for that so very excited for that um big big stuff so um all right before we get to what happens when miami is on offense the last thing on this um i'm interested to see what it is that the heat do in regards to their zone defense. The Nuggets mm. scored 1.21 points per possession versus the zone. In other words, they were the best offense in the history of the NBA when when they were playing zone. And there's clips out there, man, of of, of Miami zoning up and Jokic just plodding, waddling down the court, setting up right at the nail, and just passing out drawing a double team, passing out to somebody wide open in the corner and breaking Miami's zone. I mean, this is the way you beat the zone. This is the way the Celtics could not beat the zone is that they, the Celtics just don't know how to pass the ball against the zone. They just, they totally forget how to move the ball. And that's never going to happen with Denver, right? All they do is move the ball. That's their whole thing. So that's, they're, they're, they're kind of the team custom made to use, uh, to beat the zone. And Miami knows this because in their two games this year, um, and this is uh, from Kevin Pelton of ESPN, Heat have played just nine possessions of zone against the Denver Nuggets this season. This is the Heat team that's played more zone in basically two decades than any other team. The Nuggets scored 15 points on those nine possessions. So they blew out that they blew out that zone. They broke it, busted it completely right away, rendered it useless. I'll say this though. I still think we're gonna see it. And I think sure. it could be more effective. I think the zone now versus what it was in December and then the second matchup in February is better than it where what it's better now than it was then. There's a few different looks. Uh, it's base it basically was at that point just the two three look, the two three zone yeah. standard zone look. We've seen some other versions of that. We've seen some box in one. We've seen some one one three. We've seen we've seen obviously that full court press drop back into that two three. Um, full court press drop back into the one one three. Like there's different kind of elements and varieties to it now that I think we'll see it. And I think we'll specifically see that press up variety of it. Don't let Denver just walk their way into offense. Denver wants to walk their way onto offense. Don't let them do it. Make it hard for them to cross half court, get in their grill, make it difficult for them. Just get them out of rhythm. I don't think we'll see it as much as we saw against Boston, but I think we'll see a little bit of it just to throw a different look at Jokic like you talked about earlier. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly it. You got to bring that versatility of whatever you can. Throw the kitchen sink. This is that kind of a series because Jokic is that good. You got to be able to do what you can to, again, not stop him because it's not likely that you will, but make things as infinitely difficult as you possibly can for him. I think you just want to take something away, right? You're not going to sure. take away the passing because there's no way. Like you said, he's just going to pass over the top of every Heat player anyway, so you're not going to take Even that away. Even the shooting, that Sombor shuffle, he's going to get that over anybody. Like, it, yeah. I mean... And, but and, if you again, could take away, I would say if you could just take away the backdoor cuts. Yes. If you could just take that away, if you're Miami, yeah. that's where I would start. Because that's kind of Jokic's comfort zone. He wants to 
He wants to dish and dime and do all these things. Take away those backdoor cuts. Take away those easy corner threes. Uh, Jokic is like LeBron and and Luka Doncic in the way that you know he's he for for some one pass away for Jokic is the entire court. Right, he could be anywhere and he could find the guy in the corner in a way that other players. He's big enough and he's he's accurate enough to find those guys. But so you got to you got to stick to your man. I think they'll play Bam one on one. They'll sprinkle in some zone here and there um, to try to get him out of rhythm. But but that's what I would be doing for Miami. Take away the backdoor cuts. Take away those easy corner shots from three point range, and then just see what's up from there. Um, Miami when they're on offense, what are you looking at? I, I don't know. Uh, that, that's uh, that's where it gets a little tougher. Can I, I start think. with something? I mean, yeah, please. I think it starts with Jimmy Butler. Like the same yeah. questions we're asking, how do you stop Nikola Jokic? I think Denver needs to ask, how how do we go about guarding Jimmy Butler, this version of Jimmy Butler? I don't think it's as intense, obviously, of a question. It's not so much of a riddle just because nobody's been able to stop Jokic. And Jimmy Butler obviously hobbled, as we saw in that in that series against Boston in the later stages of it. But Butler's usage rate in the regular season, 26%. That's when Denver has least last seen him. Uh, in the playoffs, that's skyrocketed up to 30%, right? Like this is... So this Gordon is starts... Russell right? Westbrook levels of usage rate, right? Everything starts and stops with him on offense as a facilitator. And it's just, it gives Miami a different look offensively than I think even Denver saw in their regular season matchups. Obviously, these teams have never played each other in the playoffs. So they'll start with Aaron Gordon on Jimmy Butler. But... Jimmy Butler is going to do, I think, a, uh, he's done a good job, just like we saw him hunting Derek White or Robert Williams. I think he'll hunt Jamal Murray. I think he'll test Nikola Jokic in pick and roll and all that mm. kind of stuff, try to get mm. Jokic into foul trouble a little bit. Yeah, I think that's, that's I think that's what we're going to see from Jimmy Butler in this series. Who's the other, if, if there is one, Michael Porter Jr.? I mean, he's got the size that he's improved defensively. He's not I think it would be KCP. Here. The second guy, if not Aaron Gordon, I think it would be KCP. Just based on how they guarded LeBron, it was like Gordon and then KCP. No, I know. I'm saying in, in terms of like mismatches that he'd want to attack. Oh, yeah. Go at, go at Michael Porter Jr. for sure. He's a stiff. You don't think he's better? You don't think he's improved defensively? A little bit. But he's, he can, so, he's still but, but he's he's a little slow. Butler. Yeah, yeah, he's a little. Well, I mean, even this version of Jimmy probably still good enough to attack MPJ. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, I, I, and look, uh, you know, when the when they bring their substitutions off the bench, they don't go particularly deep. Was it Jeff Green? Jeff Green, uh, Bruce Brown, and Jeff Green Christian got played Brown, out of maybe. that series too. Christian Brown got played out of the Lakers series. Uh, it's basically Bruce Brown. Like they go like yeah. six, seven deep. Like th- that's a it's a shallow team in terms of guys that. Michael Malone trusts. I think we'll see Jeff Green and Brown and and Brown early in this series, but eventually, and just like I think we could see nine or ten guys for Miami, and then you kind of whittle it from there as the series yeah. goes on. But I think what what you were getting at is like Bruce Brown has been awesome for them defensively all year, but I think that's still a matchup that Jimmy Butler can. We've seen Jimmy Butler go at smaller guys. Derek White's an awesome defensive player. And there were moments right. where Jimmy Butler made mince meat of him. So yeah, Malcolm um, Brogdon similarly. I mean, obviously going through that injury and everything else, but he was getting picked apart in, in switches, and 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 those were mismatches that Jimmy was specifically round. looking for. Yeah, well, that was a different version, though. I, yeah. I don't know. No, but I, I, but we but, know that Jimmy's going to attack regardless. So yeah, will we see a return of that level of Jimmy Butler? Is that even possible? At this That's point? my big I, question. I have no idea. Yeah, Who knows. I don't either. I I, I mean we. He was great in game seven uh, and he wasn't particularly, well, he wasn't terribly inefficient. He just wasn't terribly efficient either as far as his overall shooting splits, but he was attacking. He was doing right. He was not, um, he was not hesitating the way he had in like game five and six in particular where that he realized 
that upfake wasn't working and, and Boston would just clamp down and, and just block his shots as often as we've ever seen it. So I wonder if we will at least see that version of Jimmy early on in the Denver series. Like he um, has to come out there attacking and being aggressive. I don't, I, I, we might be past him doing it for four quarters, but if you could keep it close and other guys, Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, these other guys could make shots for three quarters and then yeah. you keep it close and you're, you're in it. It's competitive in the fourth quarter. That's what we saw Jimmy Butler do in game six, where he scored 15 of his 24 points in the fourth quarter. And then in game in, in game seven, he really took over in that fourth quarter, attacking Jason Tatum in a way that he hadn't the entire game previous uh, on that bum ankle. So uh, I think that's the kind of level. Of, he can't do it for four quarters, but I think he can get you there for one quarter uh, a game now. That's kind of where he's at. Uh, that might be good enough, and that kind of gets to the other thing too. It's another reason why I'm leaning more towards Caleb Martin starting. You're not going to outsize Denver, so maybe no. – like these are two of the most the, the slowest teams in the playoffs, but I I think Miami should try to pick up the pace, push the tempo a little bit, get Jokic running up and down the court, push that pace, and try to get guys open. Like if you're not going to outsize Denver, maybe you go the other way and, and you go with Kayla Martin uh, at that four spot over Kevin Love, and you just space the floor, get up and down the court, shoot a bunch of threes, and do it that way. Yeah, Jokic isn't going to be running full steam for 48 minutes, that's for sure. Like He, he doesn't get tired necessarily, but he's just also not quick enough to be able to. Right. So if, you, if you're going to generate as easy looks as you're probably going to get, it's it's basically by running five on fours and, and hoping that Jokic stays behind court. Those the Kyle Lowry kickaheads are going to be huge too. Yeah, I mean, that's an aspect of, Kyle, of Kevin Love, excuse me, that you'd kind of hope that you could get uh, and not sacrifice as much as you do defensively, but I just don't see it happening. I just don't see. I mean, he could come off the bench. I, I don't think Kevin Love can't be played in this series necessarily. Can he play against Jeff Green? Yeah, I mean, Green's sure. Yeah, I get maybe, but Green's still Uncle even Jeff at his age. Uncle Kevin. I don't know. He's still much more athletic. Like I, I just don't want to see him backdoor cut Kevin Love to death and, and just you know, sky for a dunk. Even at his age, like he's still effective in that regard. So I, I just, it's something to watch out for. I, I you know, the more but I, think I think on the other side too, of that, Kevin Love can out rebound Jeff Green. You know, I know we're not getting into X factors necessarily yet, but I'm I'm a little concerned about Max Struess, who's quietly you know struggled for the last few games against the Celtics. Um, mm. You know, not necessarily something you consider given that Miami won, but he's just he hasn't been fantastic either. Is he going to get killed defensively? Is he going to be the one that they target on mismatches? What happens when he has to pick up Gordon on a switch, or Kentavious Caldwell Pope, who's mm. you know flying all I'm over okay the place? With that. I think Struess was good defensively in, against Boston. It was just a shot wasn't necessarily going in. He had moments against like locking up Tatum. Locking up might be strong, but yeah, um, early, early in the first three games, and then in yeah. the last three, and you know, games four through six where they lost. You know, a lot of those open looks were there, and I think a lot of that was at, at Struess's. You know, mm. the cost of Struess maybe losing them on defense. So I just, I, I don't. They're not going to crap the bed the way Boston did. And given that, that's a bigger concern. They don't implode. You know, they might have over the course of the regular season. At the same time, during the postseason, they've been very, very good at, at seizing opportunities as good as Miami has, if not better. And they just don't they don't play with their food. And I just if they see an opening, if they see a weakness, they're going to target it and they're going to mm -hmm. just kill it and attack it to death. And so I, I wonder if, if that's Struce's open season for Denver Nuggets, you know, and maybe that's how you get to that. Caleb Martin, Haywood Highsmith line. Like, I don't know. It, it's 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 definitely worth considering and worth monitoring can the heat find ways to get bam Adebayo involved on offense we're going to talk about that next here on locked on heat thanks for making locked on heat your first listen every day every day is we're going to be back here all week 
with NBA Finals breakdowns, previews, heat, nuggets, and we'll be back, of course, Thursday night with a recap of Game 1. Um, all right. I want to get to X-Factors here in a second, but when Bam Adebayo is on offense, I'm I'm trying to – I think there's ways here to maybe – test Nikola Jokic a little bit more. Yep. I know that – look, I, I think that there's a, a large contingent of fans who, quote-unquote, watch the games, who say Jokic is not as bad defensively as some people think he is. And I would push back on that. I don't think that Jokic is bad defensively, but I don't think he's, like, awesome defensively either. And he can be attacked. He can be attacked, especially with a guy like Bam, who's so quick off the dribble. He can yep. attack with the ball in his hands. And I think – and that's where I want to see him get involved a little bit more. And when we talk about Jimmy Butler, maybe not having the physical, what like what's left physically to go mm-hmm. for four quarters in these finals, I think Bam is the guy who can get there physically. He's young enough. He's twenty five. He can he can he can bring it physically in a way that I don't. He, is he the best athlete in this series? Like he might be. So no, it's like I, think, I still think Gordon. you get that. Yeah, it's Gordon probably. Okay, best uh, best, best athlete on the Heat. Him and Aaron Gordon, best athletes in this series. Um, sure. And so. I, I want to see some inverted pick and roll stuff. We've, yes. We've seen it a little bit. Yes. Bam running the... Have you been reading my notes? Because that's exactly what I've got there. Him bringing the ball up, a lot of inverted pick and rolls. Absolutely. Yeah. Put a guard in there. So yeah. if it's not Jokic, maybe it's Jamal Murray getting on the switch. Contavious Caldwell Pope, maybe Bruce Brown. When they get to those lineups, just do do that with Gabe. Do it with Max. Do it with Duncan. I think we get... Lowry. Lowry. We've seen all of these versions of it. Even Jimmy Butler and Bam running it, yep. uh, I think, could be effective. But... I would like to see some guard bam inverted pick and roll stuff bam running those high low actions from the top basically being Jokic for Miami. Yep. That's what we want to see and when Jokic comes up and and they're they're doing a lot more of this even more than they did when they last met in February. Jokic coming up to the level of the screen and Jokic dropping. Those are sort of the two modes of Jokic. Like he's not switching completely and sticking with guys right now. He's doing one of those two. When he drops I think that foul line jumper is going to be there for for Bam, and yeah. when and and when he does come up at the level of the screen, I think whether if Bam has the ball in his hands, there's an opportunity to blow by him. The other version yep. of this too is just a regular pick and roll. If he's going to come up and challenge a guy, I think this is what we'll see Jokic come up to the level of the screen. If it's a smaller guy like Gabe, put your arms up, try to get the ball, trap him, get the ball in his hands, maybe create a turnover. I think there's opportunity for Bam to slip that really quick and just blow right by Jokic. And if Gabe or Kyle or whoever can find him with that pocket pass. That's easy money. Yeah, uh, you're reading my mind. I think that's uh, well said. Um, I'd love to see a lot of that, those actions there. It, it's it's Bam, this is Bam series. As good it as does. Jimmy has been, it really feels like he has to raise his player. game. He's got to be the best player. He's got to be Miami's best player. I, that's I what mean, I meant. Again, I'm sorry. I, I still yeah. no, no, no. I I still you know he defensively his challenge is unbelievable. Offensively, he's asked to do so much, and I know. A lot of fans, probably even listening to the show, might not think that's the case. It's, it's you know, it's Jimmy or bust. But at the same time, like there, there needs to be another level for Bam to be able to attack whatever weaknesses there are there. And, and again, Jokic's you, defense is not maybe not an egregious weakness, but it's it's one that you can attack, especially with that. I, I'd love to see that synergy with Duncan reproduced a little bit. You know, again, if you get those inverted pick and rolls, you get Duncan flare out to the three-point line. Duncan, you know, uh, Bam roll into the rim for a kick out or vice versa. You know, Bam as a trailer. There's a lot of different options there. Because I'm trying to think, like, if you do bring up Jokic to the line there, or if you choose not to, do you have Gordon switch onto Bam when he's bringing the ball up? Because you know that you're going to, you know, they're trying to test Jokic. 
I, and that gives them if you start Kevin Love, Jokic can hide on Kevin Love, and you put Gordon. But they like Gordon on Jimmy Butler, so I don't. I don't really know what. Then yeah. no, So look, I, I look if 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 Bam got to make Malone blink first. Yeah, if Bam scores thirty points a game, and Jimmy scores twenty, the Heat can win the series. But I think that's what it's going to take. Or if it's like Jimmy twenty two and Bam twenty eight, you know, kind of like in that area. Like that's how the Heat win this. Fifty series. points combined between the two. But Bam being a big part of it, not Jimmy. Well, I mean, I mean, I guess if Jimmy just goes off for fifty, that's a that's a pretty good outcome yeah. too. But yeah. like that's what I'm talking. But that's sort of the starting point, I think, if you're Miami, because you have to be able to. You're never gonna. You're not gonna slow down Denver completely, but you've got to score with them. Um, right. And I, it's gonna start with those guys because unless you're getting just crazy sixty percent shooting nights, fifty percent shooting nights again from your from your from your three point shooters from your quote unquote teammates. But I I don't know that you can rely on that. This has to be. No. This ha- if, if the Heat are going to win this series, Bam Adebayo has to be, if not Miami's best player, it's got to be a decision about who you're who you're voting for for Finals MVP between him and Jimmy. It's got to be a tough decision. Uh, X factors, real quick, that we haven't already discussed. Uh, I still think it's Duncan. Um, you know, I, I said that in the Boston series, and it did prove to be somewhat prescient. You know, he was impactful. I just again, it's a different look. His defense wasn't. Uh, you know, he wasn't victimized defensively as much as he was during the course of the regular season. If that whistle is as not necessarily friendly but quiet as it was in certain games, there he's not picking up those ticky tack fouls, and he's allowed to make an impact. Just the different looks that he provides. He he bends the defense so much that gra- he's the only. I think Struess, you could say that with some degree, but it's Duncan. If he hits that, if he hits that first three pointer, the gravity that he brings changes everything. And again, we've seen the the pick and roll action, the different actions that he gets involved with, you know, with Bam, uh, that could change everything in Miami's favor. But having said all that, there's no bigger X factor than the potential return of Tyler Hero in Game Three. Like ding ding, yeah. Like he comes in, and if he is the best version of Tyler. Like that's a huge weapon that that uh, nobody has gotten a chance to see during the NBA playoffs, and here Miami is nonetheless in the NBA fa- finals. So and maybe some like, much needed fresh legs for the Heat, right? And yeah. so, uh, what we already discussed Denver's bench. It is shallow with guys that Michael Malone trusts. If Tyler Hero is available and able to reprise that six man of the year role, that yep. I mean that changes the face of this of this series because he's a guy that can obviously create shots for you. He can help you boost your offense uh, in in like that second quarter when Jimmy needs a rest or when Bam needs a rest. Uh, he can attack, I think, a lot of these guys on Denver's defense off the dribble. He creates space. Yeah. He does all these things. And if he gives Miami's bench an advantage, that is also one of those things. Like when you're talking about the formula for Miami to win, it's Jimmy, it's Bam, and I think it's the bench have outscoring Denver's bench. And now you're starting to even the playing field against the, the obvious favorites in this series. You know, you talked about the recipe for Miami, and it's been the same one all regular season and even in, in sudden stretches during the postseason, you know, kind of muck things up, get it in the mud, et cetera. Keep it as close as you can. Allow Jimmy to get to work. What if we're looking at the possibility of Tyler being that spark late in games? Like, if let's say it's a close game, 95-90, somewhere like that with five minutes left to play, and you bring Tyler in, he can get you that lead so quickly, and, and he has those fresh legs. He has that boost. He just won't get tired to that same degree. I know it's asking a lot, but it he's a gnarly kid, right? I mean, it's yeah. a word that Spo always uses. He loves to be in those situations. He thrives in them. This is such a great opportunity for him because yeah, he was he, he was playing well in that first game against Milwaukee. We just didn't get to see it tie together, you know, after that injury. But here he is back again. If he recognizes oh, well, the we'll opportunity. See. 
reportedly he could be back for game Sorry. three. That's what he's targeting. You're right. So, I am jumping ahead of myself. Yeah. But he, he's he's resumed on court work. It looks like he is from the sounds of it, he's hopeful. I, I I'm I'm circling game three. I'm not dismissing the notion of game three. And Chris Haynes is as good as it as as it, it yeah in terms of insulin. and game three because it's in Miami, right? Like you bring right. him back here, the pressure of not being on the road, et cetera. Like it'd be nice to see him just go off for like a dozen points off the bench. And that could that could three. change the series. A dozen points yes. off the bench is a lot. That's a yes. lot. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. All right. Well, there's so much more to carve into this. There's to tons God. of story. I think this was a great X's and O's preview. Very in-depth. I think very informative. I think we covered a lot there. A lot of storylines to talk about. A lot of big yeah. questions still lingering. We're going to have all of that as the week goes on. And, of course, Thursday night, we'll have a recap for you right here. YouTube, Odyssey, your favorite podcast app, uh, recapping Game 1. In the meantime, thanks for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. David, thanks for joining us. Got it, right?